You ready? I'm ready. Do I sound ready? <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I'm Liza Poor. I'm Mike Palasic. Every week, we randomly pick two movies from our stupidly large DVD collection, watch them, and discuss. When it's all over, we can only keep one. Two discs enter. One disc leaves. This is DVD Deathmatch. faked me out i thought you were gonna clap and then you did the hello <laughs> hi hi how are you great great you doing well yeah i woke up this morning with a terrible headache yep you did but you know what improved now improved you drank some water i drank some water key. i think i was just uh, kind of dehydrated yeah but uh it's all good now. You were dehydrated because we went to the movies yesterday. <laughs> we did. And because um, I had off and we we have a very limited window of like, oh, the kids are both in school now. Yeah. And we wanted to see Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings or whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah. And so we went to the, so, okay. so as I said, we have a very limited time and the only <laughs> theater that was showing it at 11 a.m., which is the time we could go and be out to get our kid from school right was a not a big chain theater but like a local five dollar theater yeah and um i was like oh cool this would be great and we go and this place is hilariously bobo charming (laughs) and wonderful but also like did not give a fuck no we like went in and to get our tickets and the very Grumpy lady behind the counter Very was like, grumpy. the AC's broken. Yeah. So the AC wasn't working in the theater, which is why I was so dehydrated. Right. That's how I brought the story <laughs> up, is that we watched the over two hour movie and by the end you were like, uh, I'm so hot. Um, and then you would go to the bathroom and I was uh, waiting for you out there. <laughs> and this man, this old man comes in and goes to the same grumpy woman and goes, uh, you know, one for... Dear Evan Hansen, please. And she goes, look, that one's messed up. We, we're not showing it today. Look, just just get out. Like, she doesn't say this, but just, the attitude was like, just get out of here. Just like, <laughs> How dare you yeah, want to see Dear, Dear Evan, Evan Hansen? Hansen? Are you kidding me? Um, she looked, she was so put out by people in her movie theater. Um, but it was a fun experience. Yeah. But you got dehydrated because you were hot is the point. And then you didn't drink enough water later. Yeah. Good story. <laughs> I thought it was good. I mean, just I th- you know what? In general. Hey, write in if you think it was a good story. Right. <laughs> Please write, write a letter. In. Yeah. Um, P.O. Box. <laughs> um, do we have any topics at the top? Well, follow up from last week. The hot follow up. Is that, so last week we watched, I don't know, a movie probably. And, uh, <laughs> and it was on DVD because it's the premise of the show. Yeah. And one of the previews was for a movie called The Possession. Yeah. And uh, it was it, it from 2012, something like that. And um, we were both like, that movie looks kind of good. Yeah. Even as a, a cheesy horror movie. And it was definitely like one of the first times, I think we said this, the first times that we like saw a preview on a DVD. And yeah. For a movie we had never heard of and been like, hey, let's check it out. So yeah. guess what? We watched it. It's we on did. Hulu. We did. And we checked it out. And uh, it was pretty fun. It was pretty good. It was like a... I feel like it lived up to exactly what I thought it was going to be. That's exactly how I feel, too. Yeah. It was like a um, a 
Jewish riff on the exorcist, I would say. Yeah. And, uh, it was pretty fun. It was, it was, you know, a solid 90 minutes. Hey, we love that. And, uh, definitely some real, real spooks. Yeah, some real spooks and and creeps. (laughs) (laughs) Spooks and creeps. Spooks and creeps. Um, And it was like Jeffrey Dean Morgan, and he was this divorced dad, and he's like gets a house for his daughter to come, daughters to come live with him, um, or visit him on weekends or something, and takes them to a yard sale, and they get a Dybbuk box. But there's a demon in the box. There's a demon in the box. And it was a pretty fun movie. That's all. What's in the box? A demon. A demon. Um, Um. Yeah, delightful. Totally. Worth the watch. <laughs> totally worth the watch. <laughs> Great. That was um, my big topic at the top. I love that. Um, you know what's really cool, though? Tell me. This week, we also watched two movies. We did. We did. We did. And they weren't Shang-Chi, and they weren't <laughs> The Possession. They were other movies. Other movies. We watched this week Copycat from 1995 and The Ring from 2002. We really did. We did. Let's start with Copycat, shall we? Let's. All right. Copycat, 1995, directed by John Emile. Amiel. It's Amiel. Mario. <laughs> oh, boy. We're going to get letters. Um, yeah, letters saying that that story about the movie theater was good. Uh, yep, that's the one. Okay, our IMDb summary is, an agoraphobic psychologist and a female detective must work together to take down a serial killer who copies serial killers from the past. Yeah, that's true. Sure. Sure. Yes. Um, so we've got... Good job, IMDb. Yeah. We've got uh, Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. We've got Holly Hunter. Yeah. We've got baby Dermot Mulroney. Yeah. Dermot Mulroney. What a name. What What, a name. What a name. We love him. It's fun to say. We can't get enough. (laughs) Uh, We've got Harry Connick Jr. Harry Connick Jr. Which I always forget. It's him. So, okay. I I only remembered it was him. That really? Was like the only thing I remembered about this oh, movie because so I definitely the, let's like set the table is that we both saw this when we were kids several times. Yes, yeah, definitely. I and I don't understand. You guys are going to start to think that I'm a liar person because I always say as a kid I was not so into the horror, but then there's all the there are all these movies. I feel like I'm like, well, I watched this a bunch as a kid. Spooks and creeps. Yeah, um, and this was one of them. But I will say, watching it, it was so clear to me why I was into this movie. Why? Because I love psychology, specifically, especially right now. I'm very into, like, the psychology of, like, liars and serial killers. Um, And it has, like, a real um, solve-a-puzzle aspect to it. Yeah. Because they only discover kind of partway into the film that he's copying other serial killers. Very Um, substantial partway in, I would say. I would say (laughs) over halfway in the the premise of the movie start. But anyway. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, so so that, you know, all of that kind of tickles my yes, please. Yeah. You know, for a movie. So it makes sense. It has such a, talking about seeing it when we're kids. Yeah. Because we both saw it when we when it like came out on video at the Blockbuster or whatever right, it was. Right, exactly. And then it was probably on TV all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has such a like 90s sheen to it. Oh, the yeah. The whole thing. It feels like you're watching like The Net 
or yeah. one of those like '90s kind of thrillers. Like it's a it's a real, um, and it also has you know for a, uh, for a movie called Copycat, this mm-hmm. feels like such a uh, paint by numbers version of Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it feels like Silence of the Lambs was such a huge thing. Mm-hmm. And they were like, let's do more of that. Yeah. And then they did this, and it, like, has all the kind of um, pieces of that puzzle, but arranged in different ways. Like, it has the the big serial killer who's behind bars kind of helping them. Mm-hmm. It has Holly Hunter, who's very much a Jodie Foster. I mean, she's her own woman, mm-hmm. and she's fantastic, mm-hmm. and I love her. But, you know, that's a Jodie Foster type. Yeah. Or Jodie Foster's a Holly Hunter type. Hey, however you want to play it. <laughs> and, um... Really trying to walk this back. Huh? Well, I just don't want her to listen and get mad. Right. <laughs> uh, Holly or Jodie? Either one. <laughs> well, there's one of them I'm fine to piss off, and there's one of them I'm not, and I'll let not you guess who, who it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, um, but I think it's it's... I think this movie suffers by comparison to Silence of the Lambs. So let's talk about the plot a little bit. Just oh, yes. roll through it real quick. So we start with Sigourney Weaver giving a lecture at a college. She's flanked by a bunch of security because her she's a psychologist who studies the psychology of serial she's killers. She's a real mind hunter. Yeah, she's a real mind hunter. The lady's a real mind hunter, she if you know what I mean. So Groff could run. Exactly. Um, and then she finishes lecture and... Uh, you know, she's spouted all these statistics about serial killers. She goes to the bathroom. The security goes in and checks the bathroom before she goes in. Um, and there's one woman in a stall. And he goes, oh, sorry. And he's like, you're all clear. And then she goes to use the bathroom. The woman in the other stall takes the heels off. It's not a woman. It's Harry Connick Jr. He, th- this was always such a weird thing for me. So he does this whole thing where he, he basically flips a wire noose over the stall, like over the bathroom. So he's in one stall, she's in the one next to it, flips it over, clips it, and is basically hanging her over a pipe that's like hanging over the bathroom stalls. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, that's such a weirdly specific way. It's very complicated. To kill, like, a, yeah, it's a very complicated way to kill someone. Yeah. Anyway, he does that. One of the guards comes in, he's hiding, he slits the guard's throat. Right. You think like she's gonna die, and then you all you see is other guard running down the hall, and then right. fade to black, and copycat. <laughs> and we're a little over a year in the future. She is an agoraphobic. She has not left her apartment since um, that happened. The guy that did it is in jail, right? Obviously, um, she has like a, an assistant who lives with her. Uh, and played by John Rothman, the great. There you go. Just got a shout out. Shout out. Um, and then basically Holly Hunter and Dermot Mulroney are cops. They've come across a couple of killings. Uh, they bring it to her to help. There's a whole thing where she tries to leave the apartment and the world starts spinning. It's all very terrifying. Yeah. So yeah. So then they enlist her help on this case and it's a very like, oh no, I don't do that anymore. And then she does start helping and then. There's someone in her apartment, and it's right. a whole thing, in the, and, you know, big climactic scene at the end. Uh, yeah. No, I just don't, I mean, like, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how much to spoil here, because it's like. Well, so the, there's a, there's, there halfway through, it, there's not like a whodunit aspect to it. Right. Halfway through, you start following 
the killer, the other killer, the copycat. Who's then it turns out he's he's emulating the uh, the the stranglers, the hillside the stranglers, stranglers, and Bianca son Bluma, of Sam, yeah. and all this stuff. And she's the only one who figures this out because she's a mind hunter. They don't say mind hunter, but she really, it's the same thing. She's like, oh, you know, based on where he put the blanket or whatever, he's a white man. Right. Well, yeah. And this, <laughs> well, but this is the thing is that he is, he is copycatting them impeccably. Like the crime scene photos look exactly the same. Exactly. And she's, she and, picks up on that. Yeah. And she picks up on all these details. Like there's a thing where there's a body dumped and she says, is there Windex in her blood because right. that's the thing that I think the Stranglers did. Right. Um, and you start c- following this killer halfway through too. And he's played by William McNamara. Very strange performance slash casting choice. Not really yeah. his fault, but like, but I, I like it though. You like I it? feel like, cause he's this guy, it's this weird thing where it's like, he's, it's like, in the 90s, he was probably hot. And they've done a thing where they put yeah. glasses on him <laughs> to make him, quote, less hot. Right. Um, but now he does not read as hot to me, obviously. <laughs> hey, like, it's okay if he does. Hey, you're allowed if you, to like, you know. This is a weird bit. Okay. I'm going to cut it off. <laughs> okay, okay, great. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but I just, I feel like he does, he, to me anyway, he does a really good job of, of incel vibes yes which i think is like key where it's like it's not it's not even about how he looks it's about it's his mentality of thinking that women owe him something right um and they don't go into too much detail about it there's a trivia piece that says there were a bunch of scenes cut out about his uh uh, childhood that explain why he's a serial killer but i kind of like you don't need that right because he's he's married to this woman who's like fine looking maybe a little weird but like as a fine like it's not like yeah you know it was weird because i was like is that his mom or is that his (laughs) wife and i think that's obviously intentional yeah um the so you start following there's also a a weird dynamic that they build throughout the thing where like uh everyone's horny for dermot which was the original title (laughs) um everyone's horny for dermot mulroney yeah (laughs) okay (laughs) it sounds like an old like like uh sea shanty (laughs) um everyone's horny or a dr seuss book yeah (laughs) there you go there you go uh anyway um and so... Gather around, kids. Let me tell you a story. Everyone's horny for Dermot <laughs> Mulroney. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, look. Um, so, uh, uh, they, build, they build out that thing where, like, he's flirting with Sigourney Weaver. People are asking um, if he and Holly Hunter are together and all this stuff. And it's... It's a it's a weird kind of like romance thing that they build out throughout the entire movie with all these characters. Anyway, yeah, that's also happening. Yeah. Um, well, he's and he's like a very charming young. He's great, yeah. dude. So this takes place in San Francisco. They mm-hmm. talk about the Zodiac Killer. It's like a whole thing. Yeah. And Dermot Mulroney also starred in Zodiac. Was it that was a trivia? I was very excited about it, only because I love Zodiac so much. You do love Zodiac so Top much. five, everyone. Top yeah. five. One of my top five movies of all time, David Fincher's Zodiac. Yeah. 
Gotta throw it out there. <laughs> Can't let it go by. Um, there's also a very 90s thing. Sorry, just to circle back really quickly. Circle back to the movie that we're talking about? Yeah, that's good. Thank you. I <laughs> no, appreciate no, no, that. No, no, Circle back to the, to the 90s feel of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, computers, man. It was an Oof. age where it was that thing where it's like we're, we're still at a point where not everyone has computers and... I guess because she's agoraphobic and she has never doesn't leave her house anymore. She's all about the computer. She has like five monitors going. There's a thing where she's in a chat room. There's a thing the where the chat rooms are so bad. So funny. There's a thing where the the killer sends her a file and it's uh, a picture of a crime scene that morphs into a video of a girl dancing and it's basically like, "Oh, she's next. Who's this right. girl?" Um, and then they try to copy it and it like goes like, (laughs) and like hops away. (laughs) It's like, now you see me, now you don't. And it's like, oh, he embedded a self-destruct virus. And if you try to copy it, it, and it's like, well, that's not a thing. You wouldn't be able to get away with that now. (laughs) Embarrassing. It's so embarrassing. And I feel like if you knew anything, I feel like if you knew anything about computers in the nineties, This was what movies did all the time. Yeah. They were like... Like, I know it used to drive our friend Matt nuts. It used to drive my dad nuts. <laughs> oh, my I dad, bet. <laughs> my dad fucking hated it. Like, we when we watched... I remember we went to see Independence Day in the, oh, in the yeah. theater. I may have told this story before. But we went to see Independence Day in the theater. Mm-hmm. And we're driving home. And the only thing he took away from it was, like, how would they know how to implant a virus into the alien ship like the operating system would be completely different and they, all they had to do was have a line in there about like oh we figured out the operating system because we had like he was just so like he just hated so much the um glossing over of computer stuff because they just assumed no one knew what the, the fuck they were talking about yeah um because he did know and so i feel and i remember when the net came out that was such a like <laughs> Just like, this is the dumbest fucking movie I've ever seen in my life thing. Um, and this movie is has some of that in it that does, that didn't age well at the time. Yeah. It feels like, anyway, sorry. <laughs> right, but they could get away with it then because, again, it wasn't necessarily everyone's got a computer in their pocket. I guess Like so. it is now. Um, so just, that just feels very, very 90s Cringy. to me. Cringy. Um, uh, it is a longy boy. It's this a longy movie. boy. It's also like it's not good. <laughs> Can yeah, we say that? I mean, love I... Sigourney Weaver. Love Holly Hunter. Love Harry Connick Jr. Wish he was in the movie more. Yeah, and he does a really beautiful job at he this. He does. Like, I because because I can remember one of our friends talking about Harry Connick Jr. and like basically like oh he's so dreamy. Yeah, and I was like. What the fuck are you talking about? Copycat? He's like that creepy guy from Copycat. Like yeah. I had no other uh, right. reference point for him right. than other than this, and you know he's like a crooner, right? And he's so good in this. And he was so, yeah, he's so good in this. And they like, I mean, I know it's like it's this it's a weird casting choice. Yeah, you would think like oh okay you have the the like heavy serial killer who is helping you catch. The new serial killer, which is the exact Silence of the Lambs format. Mm-hmm. So you get some, like, like a Patrick Stewart or someone. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Some, like, like very dignified kind of whatever. You think that's the way they would go. And they got, like, Harry Connick Jr., which is, like, get, I'm trying to think of what a corollary now would be. 
Who's like? Mm, yeah, I don't know. Like Harry Styles? <laughs> Is that right? No. Dude, um, well, his name's Harry. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to think of other Harrys. Other Harrys. <laughs> yeah. Harry, you get Harry and the Hendersons <laughs> to play the serial killer. Um, I can't think of a single other Harry, and it's I'm okay. sure. Okay, great. It's fine. Um, but Harry Potter. There you go. <laughs> there, done. Uh, but it's just a weird casting choice that really pays off. So well, in fact, that I'm like, I kind of just wish we were watching a movie about them trying to catch Harry Connick Jr. <laughs> but they caught him. Right, and I'm feeling I kind of wish they can, they can catch him and they just... <laughs> oh, boy. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I think it... Uh, I think it lived up to uh, my memories of it. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about it. I don't think it's bad. I think okay. I think it's like... It's too long. Yeah. There's a lot of bullshit. But I think the, like, performances are actually really, really great. Like, Sigourney Weaver is really the... It's the first time I'd ever heard of agoraphobia, for sure. Sure. Um, And it just feels like... I I mean, I don't have agoraphobia, and so I'm not... I don't know if that's an accurate portrayal of it, but there was a piece of trivia that was saying how she, at one point, had said this was her favorite role because she had... Um, worked so hard to understand what it was like for people who were agoraphobic yeah. and she felt really proud of the way she portrayed it. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. She's got a lot of roles to like pick out this one. It's yeah. like a, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's like, it's not, it's not scary. No, it's not scary. It's thrillery. It's yeah. got a big climactic scene. Yeah. It's got a lot of heart. There's a pretty like heartbreaking moment that happens. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> That's great. I don't like it. That's great. <laughs> I don't like it. I mean, I had a fine time watching it, but I don't mm-hmm. like, like always Sigourney Weaver, the best Holly Hunter, the best mm-hmm. Harry Connor Jr. So good. It has Will Patton in it. He's great. I just listened to an audio book that he narrates. Oh, nice. The guy who plays, um, the like other cop, yeah. you know? Um, which it was Killers of the Flower Moon, which is going to be the next Martin Scorsese movie. Wow. So he narrates the audiobook. Shout out to that. The, I don't know. The other coach in Remember the Titans. The other coach in Remember the Titans. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but it's When are like, you going to watch that, Denzel? Oh is that God. on your list? I've been watching all the Denzels, as every as, as all our fans know. <laughs> um, I did just like cross over from... Like the the trashy, not trashy, but just like not as well respected Denzels of of uh, uh, you know your Man on Fires, your Deja Vu's, and mm-hmm. just watch Malcolm X. I was gonna say Malcolm X, right? Yeah. You know what, Malcolm X, good movie. <laughs> I'll say it. I'm gonna go out on a limb. Um, Very good. Anyway, um, I probably won't watch Remember the Titans. <laughs> uh, I mean, yes, you will. Oh, yeah, on this <laughs> podcast. Um, anyway, not my favorite uh, movie of all time. I, like, kind of a perfect serial killer movie for, like, a 12-year-old, though. <laughs> exactly. And not to insult you. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't thinking that until you said not to insult you. Well, so. I mean, like, you know, I, I remembered it being way more intense watching it as a kid and watching it now. I'm like, okay, this is embarrassing. <laughs> Interesting. Um, oh, and also the the copycat thing, as I hinted at earlier, like feels incidental to the they. It's like they had a premise. They okay. They had a premise, 
Uh, I'm not trying to convince you. I'm glad you liked the movie. Yeah, yeah, you're not going to convince me. Don't worry. <laughs> Great. I love that for us. <laughs> I'm trying to like just say how I felt. Mm-hmm. Is that when they started getting into like, hey, he's copying these other killers. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> the movie's called Copycat. It was like they had a very clean premise. <laughs> and then they built it out just too much. They like, they like ca- the script like cares too much about like these characters and stuff. Instead of like just being a clean like. There's a guy who's killing people based on other serial killers. I don't know. But I get it. It's also, you know, I said it was like paint by number Silence of the Lambs. It's mm-hmm. also, I guess, does this come out before or after seven? Because there was a Ooh. thing in the 90s where it was like, A, serial killers are everywhere. Yeah. Like, they, like everyone is a serial killer. Yeah. And don't go anywhere. Yeah. That's like what As I remember. As a kid, remember. things you have to yeah. worry about. Serial killers, quicksand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then... Also, all of the serial killers have like very complicated Qu- rules. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like they're they're all like they all have like a little theme. <laughs> and in this one, it was copycat, and in seven, it was the seven deadly sins. And like, it's like that's not how, that's not how things are. At all. Yeah, and I kind of I, I do wish there was an aspect to it where they're they're exploring a little bit more because the whole point is that in you know in general, serial killers are. They have a pattern and they stick to it. Mm-hmm. And what it makes this serial killer interesting is that his pattern is no pattern, is unpredictability, right? right? Um, because one? the one in the movie, but because I, he because he's just copying other serial killers. Yeah, there's no like, well, he he attacks women of this age, oh, and he, yes, this is right. how he yeah, kills yeah. them, and this is where he dumps them, yeah. and this is blah blah blah, you know. So that that would be interesting to explore more the psychology of that. I mean, you know, it's not real, and that's yeah. not, so like I get it, but uh, but yeah, I see what you're saying about like they kind of like decided this thing and then didn't really follow through on it. I mean, he does it, but well, yeah, he does it, but it feels like it feels like the premise of the movie gets a little lost in all the like. Hey, is Dermot Moroni like flirting with Sigourney Weaver? And you're like, I don't care. <laughs> um, the other thing that I'll say is that like there's a there's a, a climac- the the climactic like lesson that Holly Hunter has to learn. Uh-huh. You think about the scene that they, where they set it up earlier, and this is a bit of a spoiler, or whatever. Yeah, they set it up earlier where like Dermot Moroni. They're on the shooting range. Yeah. And Dermot Moroni, like, just shoots every, every, like, shoots a lot. Yeah, he a lot shoots, of he shoots seven, seven shots at the one guy. Right. On the, and on the Holly range. Hunter is just, like, one good shot in the shoulder. That's her, like, thing. Right. Disarm, blah, blah, blah. Then, in, the, then things happen throughout the movie where, like, that doesn't work out for her. Yeah. And then, in the end, she just fucking unloads on the guy. <laughs> and the lesson is just, like, look, shoot everybody a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just, if you're a cop, just, like, uh, just like go to town. Go to town. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not saying, like, the movie is copaganda. Or, like, it's, like, I don't think, it, I don't think it's, like, really consciously saying that. Yeah, no. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just consciously trying to give her kind of like an arc, but it does feel like the movie. It's like, hey, look, cops, just just let God sort it out. <laughs> um, it has a very strange end credit sequence. It does, which and I kind of loved. It, yeah, it. So, so the the the. Again, we're spoiling the movie 
it, it's been out since 1995. If you haven't seen it yet, I don't yeah. know what to tell you. But Get your shit together. <laughs> so it turns out, basically, that the Harry Connick Jr. character is, from prison, recruiting disciples to finish what he started and kill the Sigourney Weaver character, which is why. So basically he, you know, got into this other guy's brain and the guy. So the, the, the killers that he was copycatting are in the order that she talked about in her lecture from the beginning. And the big climactic scene starts with him kidnapping her and hanging and in the bathroom, hanging her, trying to recreate that scene and finish the job. Um, so then the end credits are, it's like, oh, we caught the serial killer. He's dead. Hooray. And then it's like, just kidding. Harry Connick Jr. is writing to someone else to convince them to finish right. the job from jail. And then it's just like a close up on his face. And then the credits roll. And it's not even a freeze frame. No. It's like, if I mean, it's just, not that long, but it feels very it's long. It's like a minute or two. And they just... <laughs> They're just close on him staring into the middle distance. Yeah. While the credits roll. It's I loved it. Pretty great. I thought it was great. Yeah. One of my favorite parts of the movie. Yeah. Um anyway. Weird movie. Weird movie. I'm down. Why do we own it? Because me. Because me. Me. <laughs> me. <laughs> it's a very old disc. Because I am also horny for German <laughs> Um, it's a very old disc. It's a flippy disc. It's a flippy disc. So full screen on one side and widescreen on the other. Remember that? Remember when people were like upset about bars and stuff like that? And it was, yeah. they had to put out the full screen version because TVs were old. Because people are stupid. Yeah. Imagine explaining that to our children. <laughs> like, and then being like, what is wrong with you people? <laughs> like, um, Climate change is real. If you guys were worried about this, like... Oh, boy. Anyway. All right. Is it available? You can buy or rent it. Okay. So so not really. Not on a stream, not on a streaming platform. Not on a subscription streaming platform. Platform. Great. All right. Copycat. Copycat. Hey. Yeah? What's the connection? Well, Holly Hunter, the aforementioned. Yes. Powerhouse. The one, the only. She... Starting in season two, mm-hmm. was on a little show called Succession, ah. which I love personally. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Succession, as we all know, stars Brian Cox, Brian Cox baby. who's in The Ring, who I had forgotten was in The Ring. Yeah. But he is. He really he is. is. Critical in The Ring. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is our next movie, all The Ring. The Ring. From 2002, directed by Gore Verbinski. The legend. I don't know. It's fine. <laughs> I was like, is he? Well, he did like the Pirates of the Caribbean movies after this, I think. Or maybe, I don't know. So he had he had like a big like early aughts. Big early aughts for Gore Verbinski. I don't know what he's up to lately. Great. I wish him nothing but the best. <laughs> I'm going to say it. Um, the IMDb summary of The Ring is, A journalist must investigate a mysterious videotape, which seems to cause the death of anyone... One week to the day after they view it. The Ring. The Ring. Um, we own this because I think I bought it used at the place in Hoboken, the record mm. store in Hoboken, mm-hmm. um, for, you know, probably like three bucks or something. And then we probably watched it that night. Like, it was like a, yeah. hey, we should have The Ring. Yeah. Why not? Um, came out when we were in college, I remember. Mm-hmm. 
and watching it this time and previous times, I'm like, I feel like if <laughs> I had seen this like two or three years before when I saw it, uh-huh. I would think it was the best movie. <laughs> and I feel like I was just too old to like care about this because it was huge when it came out. It was huge. I mean, it started an entire slew of this Japanese remake. Yeah. Japanese yeah. horror remake. Uh, yeah. And I remember it being like a huge deal, especially being in college when this came out and mm. it being like, like, have you seen the ring? Let's all get together. Yeah. Watch the ring. Yeah. And, I was reading a lot about the promotion of it. Yeah. So, I mean, really quickly, I guess let's talk about what it's about mm-hmm. in case someone hasn't seen it. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, it's exactly what it says. There's a, there's a tape that if you watch it, the the legend is that so you you finish watching it it's a very creepy little uh student film that happens and then the phone rings and someone on the other line just says seven days and then seven days later you die um and uh uh naomi watts yep. is the journalist the aforementioned journalist and there's uh she's got a creepy little kid whose name very creepy the actor kid. i didn't clock but he does a very he well he does a very good job of being a creepy little kid he's very much a creepy little kid yeah he uh, kind like of looks a, like a culkin but he's he does. not he does i always kind of thought big, he was a culkin yeah those big kind of like not sunken but like big wide eyes yeah. you know yep um and kind of a bulbous face <laughs> just kidding no, sorry oh no um and so she she watches the tape and then you know, is like cooking up this story about it. Cause, oh, sorry. Also, her niece died. Right. That's the yeah inciting incident. Right. Say. And she discovers by talking to her friends and the boyfriend and blah, blah. Yeah. She's in, inve- she's, it's very like investigative, which I didn't remember, but it's very much like, like I was, I was like, this is like a journalism movie. Like she's yeah. making calls, she's doing an investigation and it's all about her niece dying and trying to figure out like, Oh, I heard there was a tape involved. And right. And then she watches the tape and then her son watches the tape. So there's more at stake and then whatever. Um, and she survives at the end. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> and then whatever. And she survives at the end. <laughs> well, it's just like, exa- it's, it's a very investigative and uh, it, it's her, you know, running around in circles. She's got her ex-boyfriend, who's the father of the kid, but they're not together. And right. um, he also watches the tape. Yeah. Um, he doesn't make it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but so they're, you know, looking together and they their romance has been rekindled and whatever. Um, all of this to say is that obviously the movie centers around this mysterious videotape that that you happen upon. Yeah. And the thing that I read about it is that the marketing for this movie was really, really cool in mm. that they would on college campuses like leave tapes. Oh gosh. With the ring video on right. it. And then like go check out this website or something. And yeah. it just like it just seemed it just sounds like they did very cool stuff with very it. Very post Blair Witch. Yeah. Kind of. And I love that shit. <laughs> I yeah. love it. I love the like, you know, ooh, what's this? The old viral marketing techniques yeah, and stuff. Yeah. I think that's great. Um, <laughs> kudos. <laughs> kudos. Um So, yeah, so it's a very, I I think I have to agree with you. If I was, like, slightly younger, like, if I was in high school when this came out. Yeah, if we'd been in high school. It would have been, like, this is the most terrifying thing I've ever seen. But Blair Witch was that for us. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do, however, being scared by it, obviously, um, 
Although, and I this the same thing happened this time, right? Watching the whole spoilers for the ring. Watching the whole movie, there's a lot of spooky, scary stuff that happens, yeah. right? Um, a couple of jump scares, but nothing too crazy. The end, it's the and it's the whole thing where it does the thing that I think is very effective. I don't know if I it's my favorite thing, but yeah. it's very effective where it's like, yes, we've killed the monster. Right. And then basically her son is like, wait, you set her free. Right. Oh, dear. Well, this is one of the best. We talked about this with Cabin in the Woods, too. Mm-hmm. Cabin in the Woods feels like it ends. Yeah. It ends the like the med- the movie within the movie and then all hell breaks loose. Right. It's like act three, but then there's an act 3.5. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what this feels that. And this one is so, I remember being so effective because you really do think that it's over. Right. I did anyway. Yeah. When, we, exactly. when I first saw it. Exactly. You think it's over. And then the part, Which and so then rarely you do. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then, so the, the act 3.5 is the boyfriend dying. Yeah. Cause he had watched the tape after the right. journalist watched the tape and it's the first time you get to really see how people die after viewing the tape. Right. Every, everything else. It's like spooky things happens and then it cuts to black and right. the person's dead. And basically the end of the tape, and I assume she does it differently every time, but the end of the tape is the shot of a well. And so his TV goes on. He's in his like loft apartment. His yeah. TV goes on. There's a well. The, a girl climbs out of the well. It's the hair in front of the face. Yeah. Um, Iconic at this yeah. point. Like, everyone knows that. Walking slowly, jerkily towards the screen. Yeah. And then she crawls out of the TV screen. Yeah. And it... And the th- it, so, so the thing that I was excited about watching it this time, in my memory, that was not only the scariest part. Yeah. But also looked incredible. Yeah. And it still looks incredible. It does look good, yeah. Her crawling... Like, obviously, that's CGI mixed with practical effects, and it's just done so beautifully because she crawls out. She's still black and white. Yeah. She's still she's like glitchy. Flickering. Yeah. And, but it just looks so good. Yeah. And the, like the acting of it is amazing. There's these close up of her hands crawling across the floor that are just like, Ooh, yeah. it's so good. Yeah. Um, and that is, and that's what I remember about watching it. Is it like feeling kind of like, okay, this is scary, but I'm not like, Super scared. Right. And then that scene happening going like, oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, I, I feel um, it's a very, like, well put together movie. Mm. You know what I mean? It's a very, like, tightly controlled movie. I, I don't find it that scary. Mm-mm. I don't really connect with it. It feels... the. I think one of the things that I find so that I, that I, I wish uh, was different, I guess, which is like a weird thing to say about a hugely successful movie that everyone loves. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but I wish it was different. Um, does anybody care? <laughs> um, the tape itself, the movie that's on the tape that mm-hmm. you watch is so like aggressively weird. Yeah. It's like, like, look how weird <laughs> this is. Whereas, um, and some of the shots in it are like CGI and stuff. Like you know, you know what I'm saying. Like, mm. like clearly, like visual effects. Whereas I think there's, a, like, if that videotape was a minute of just the shot of the well, 
or something like that. Like, mm. you know what I mean? Yeah. I think there's a way to do that thing creepier and more like, like, uh, the shining or something like that. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. like, lets you sit with it and be scared as opposed to like in your, that, that the video and they make a joke out of it in the movie it says very student film. Or yeah. Whatever. And, but like the video is all these shots of just like, weird stuff Mm -hmm. and i know like each one of those things relates to the story that she uncovers throughout the movie because the movie really is and i didn't remember this and i said this already but like it really is very much a like journalism movie yeah solving (laughs) a mystery yeah and i don't mean that in like this is this is is, like all the president's men you get like all the (laughs) but i just mean like she's she's you know going through the archives she's interviewing people she's just trying to uncover the story of this videotape and it's a mystery in that way and all those things relate to it, but I do wish like the video itself was creepier and didn't look like a like a Slipknot video or whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it looks like a. And Gore Verbinski, I think, came from music videos, ah. so the it looks like it's like a Nine Inch Nails video or something. Yeah, like or a Marilyn Manson thing or something. Yeah, look how weird, man. <laughs> and it's like okay, I mean, there's a way to be like creepy or mysterious without being that yeah i don't know and i think all of that is a way of saying like it feels that video feels too like produced yeah you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i wish it was just like a we- one weird image that you um oh there's a really great if you look it up there's a really great article by sean collins uh on the outline.com and it's about the monumental horror image that's what the thing is and mm-hmm. it's about and I'm going to butcher the thesis of this and like, I'm not going to explain it well. So just read it. But like, it's about <laughs> the, just those like images in a set. I mean, a very simple way of explaining it is like those images in horror movies that are unforgettable and kind of stick with you and like, are just like present presentational of a terrifying thing that you can't unsee. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean like gory or like a jump scare. It's just like, showing you a thing yeah you know what i mean and the shining is all about that and all this stuff yeah and i feel like that's missing from like the videotape should be that even though it's a moving image and not a still image like it should be so it should be so horrifying that you can't but and also like mysterious in Mm -hmm. a way and to me, and maybe it's just me because i there's certainly it's certainly like inscrutable what's happening yeah um to me, it's it just doesn't. I I just I want I want it so bad to like work on me, and it doesn't work on me. You yeah, know I mean? and I think that's a testament to the movie is that like it's a really well put together movie, mm-hmm. but it feels like it has these like things that it just it 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 takes like an easier route than than a I don't know what I'm saying. You get me? I do. Okay. No, I do. Um, I will say a thing I didn't think about till the end of the movie, and I, we've talked about it before with horror movies. Mm. Is this like the best PG thirteen horror movie you've ever seen. Yeah, you know what I mean because it mm-hmm. doesn't have it doesn't have it's not it's rated because it's rated PG thirteen. Yeah, well, and apparently the the first draft of it was uh, horrifically gory, and they worked very hard to get it down to a PG thirteen rating. Well, that seems like a good move to me. Yeah, like usually I wouldn't agree that they would they should make those cuts or whatever. Mm-hmm. And maybe the other cut of it is way scarier. Mm-hmm. But it does seem like this is like I don't you know I don't know a lot about Japanese horror. We did see the original. We, yeah, we definitely watched the original. Ringu. I don't know Ringu. I don't know a ton about Japanese horror, but like I do think that 
um, uh, this movie doesn't need to be gory. It's no. supposed to be mysterious. Like, yeah. It's what I'm talking about. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's supposed to be that, like, your brain, um, uh, they call it, oh, what do they call it? High strangeness is another word for oh, it. okay. Like, a kind of, sorry, I'm just, like, rambling. Oh. But, like, that thing where you just see a thing that you can't process. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like a, what's that? What's that thing called? Uncanny Valley? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And like that, your brain can't make sense of the thing that you're seeing. And yeah. that's what this movie needs more of. Yeah. And less like, like the thing in the ring video where like. Oh, push a, a, a finger a through a, a nail. Fi- yeah, a, a nail I goes through it. a finger. It's like, well, yeah, that's gross. <laughs> you got me. You're like, what do you want to do with that? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like very clever. Like there's, there's, there are throughout the movie a couple of times there is one or two frames of the ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is like, you know, very clever. So it's, you know, you kind of, did I see that? Yeah. Oh my God. That's cool. You know, that's cool. It's all very cool. It's all very well put together. It's so well put together. And it has such an aesthetic. Like it reminded, I was like, does this movie take place inside the matrix? Because it looks like everything's blue. Yeah. They slapped, slapped some green blue on that. And they were just like, yes. Um, I did want to comment on the thing you were talking about uh, a couple of episodes ago, or maybe it was last episode, about uh, coziness, a movie feeling cozy. This movie feels like the opposite because it just, this movie feels cold to me. It feels freezing cold. And like it's set in Seattle, it's raining, it is cold. But like, like I said, the like green blue tint to everything and just... It's it's all of those things, yes, but there's something more about it that makes it just feel everything's so cold. clean. Yeah, everything's like so weirdly clean. Even the like cabin that they're in, and I, I don't know, like it's yeah, it all looks. And I don't mean this as an insult because the movie works. I right. think it's like not my favorite movie. I wish it was. I wish it was had some things, but like it works as <laughs> I a movie. I wish it had some things. I wish it had some things. <laughs> um, but it is very like clean, and everything looks put together i don't know in yeah a, not in the kubrick way of everything looking like exact and um intentional mm. but in the like produced way of everything looking like crafted yeah does that yeah. make sense no i hear what I you're like saying i'm just fucking talking i mean you are <laughs> <laughs> uh also hey guys you looking to get together with some friends have a party and uh watch an upsetting horse death oh because <laughs> Uh, I would say you you throw on Never Ending Story and then <laughs> double feature. Then you throw on The Ring and yeah. you've got a real upsetting horse death. Oh. A UHD we call it. <laughs> <laughs> it is very upsetting. I hate it. I don't like it. It sucks. That yeah. part sucks. And it's I don't mean sucks like oh it's offensive to me, but I yeah. just mean like it sucks to watch. Yeah, it's a bummer. It really is. Is is a, a long sequence of this of this horse getting upset and riled up by Naomi Watts while they're on a fair. She's on a ferry. Right. And then the horse like breaking out of its enclosure and running stampeding and then jumping off the ferry and smacking on the way down and it drowning. It hits its leg. It doesn't, it doesn't clear the jump. It hits right. its leg on the way down and then it's drowning in the water. And then they run to the back of the boat and it's just blood. blood yeah. Oh, it's bad. It's bad. Um, Hey, I'll leave you with this fun fact. Please leave me with a fun the, fact. From the IMDb trivia. Uh, the producers of this movie offered it to David Lynch, who turned it down. 
Well, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's exa- I mean, like, that would be... A different movie. That would be a different movie, but, like, that is what I'm talking more, about, though, yeah. is that it's missing that. Like it's everything, missing a little bit of Lynch. Yeah, I mean, it's like, could he just direct... Well, no, you don't, you don't want to, like, commodify David Lynch like that. And be yeah. like, Can you just direct the weird part? <laughs> but... Uh, but it that that is exactly kind of what it's like. Oh, it would be kind of cool to see like a His, studio horror movie made by David Lynch because he's yeah. made studio movies like yeah. he made The Elephant Man and he made The Straight Story, which is a very straightforward like. No, no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, um, I don't know. It's a weird one for me. I I I I like watching it. Also, like what like not to be gross but like naomi watts very attractive to you, me. you love naomi watts that's your favorite fave yeah very like and this is like mikey is horny for <laughs> naomi watts <laughs> okay let's <laughs> let's make some cuts to this episode but um but like i like her in the movie and i like uh you know it's like it, the mystery and journalism for lack of a better word but huh. like the mystery aspect of it is is fun to watch and well done the uncovering of it. Brian Cox is great. Mm-hmm. Brian Cox plays like, you know, kind of at the end of her journey to find out what happened. Essentially, as we, I don't know if we've talked about it, but like essentially the journey of the movie is her uncovering what happened to this little girl yeah. who is featured in the thing. Yeah. And then finding out that like, she's the malevolent force behind it. Mm-hmm. And also her learning to be a good mom, you know, <laughs> um, that's the journey. But, but, you know, uh, Brian Cox plays that girl's father and does an amazing job of just being kind of terrifying and weird. Um, what was I saying? I don't know. I've been talking a lot. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> um, well, uh, hey, is The Ring available? One of the most popular horror films of all time? Is you it available? You can watch it on Paramount Plus or you can watch it on uh, Hulu. So, yeah, you can watch it several places. Yeah. Um, is that it? Is that the, is that the episode? Now we got to decide. I think so. Great. I mean, I, I personally feel like the ring is not my favorite. Oh, wow. I know. And it's available. Yeah, that's true. So, and, and again, it's one of the most popular horror films of all time. So like, it's not going to be not available. Yeah. So I am more comfortable letting it go. I don't feel that strongly about copycat though. So that feels like a weird thing to say. Like, like I don't, I don't feel confident that I will watch it again. (laughs) I mean, I would like, you know what I mean? But I'm not confident that like two years from now, I'll be like, you know what? I really want to watch copycat. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I, I'm struggling to make myself care about which one we keep. <laughs> I mean, but I'm just trying to find something. If I had... Because, you know, premise of the podcast. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> if I had, you know, gun to my head, mm. ring videotape to my head. Yeah, yeah. Would you watch the ring videotape, by the way? Um, if it was like, if someone, if you didn't know that it was real and you like heard the urban legend, do you know what I mean? And it's like, oh, fun, whatever. No, because I'm a fucking scary cat. Okay. Absolutely. Like, like if I was in, 
if I was in the movie, per, like, yeah. let's say, and it was like, you know, friends being like, oh, blah, blah, blah. Like, I would never, I'd be like, come on, you guys. <laughs> I'm not watching it. <laughs> and I would leave the room like a nerd. And then guess what? I would survive. So. You would. Great. Egg on your face. Yeah. Um, that is, I think, an interesting thing about the, the movie, though, watching it, is that I don't think you, as the audience, ever actually watch the full thing. Really? Because the closest you get is when Naomi Watts' character watches it. Yeah, they show the whole but thing. It, but it starts, and for a second, they cut to her face, and then they cut back to the video. So technically, I remember having this argument with someone when it came out. Oh, okay. Because it was, you know, everyone's like, oh, we all watched it. That's the fucked up thing. We all watched it. And I was like, no, we didn't. Yeah. They cut away to her face. Right. I was like, don't worry. I've thought about it. <laughs> yeah. Great. Well, you can watch it on the DVD. You it's can. featured on the DVD. Yeah. Um, cool. Anyway. Uh... Gun ring videotape to my head. I would say keep the ring because it's a more iconic horror movie. Mm. And like, if you're, you know, oh, we're having a sleepover with all our friends and we're gonna watch <laughs> scary movies, then oh, the ring is one. You know what I mean? We'll call it. Then we'll definitely pull out our DVDs <laughs> <laughs> at this yeah. potential sleepover with our friends. Yeah, right. Exactly. What are you talking about? Great point. Great point. <laughs> what I said doesn't make sense. Um, I would keep the ring, but also if you want to keep copycat, let's do that. That's <laughs> how I feel. Okay. I mean, I, I'm also finding it hard to care. Right. Neither of them are a fake. But I'm also but just they're... like, if we're going to keep one of them, it should be the one that you, you wouldn't get access to. Well, let's watch copycat. Let's keep, or sorry, blah, blah. Let's keep copycat. Though. We're not watching it again. <laughs> no, we're not watching it again. But we'll keep copycat. I think that's the move. Great. Let's do it. All right. Well, <laughs> uh, the ring. Thank you. Thank you. You're a timeless classic. I'm sure we'll see you again. We're just going to see you on the Hulu. Yeah. Um, I mean, unless we're dead in seven days. You never know, I suppose. We might be, but it could be from anything, really. It's it doesn't true. have to be a videotape. That's true. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Great. It's 2021, baby. Hey. We'll All right. Fine. We'll be fine. Shall we pick? Yeah. This next matchup. Um, okay, so we. Actually, yeah. We're not going to pick because next week. Next week is a very special episode. Yeah. Guys, it's our first uh, guest on the podcast. It really is. We are super excited. We're having our very good friends, Brandon and Emily, who are horror film fanatics. Fanatics. Uh, come on the podcast next week. And they have chosen. We gave them the choice. Two films. Do you have what they are? Because yes. I don't. Okay, great. Uh, so next week, the two films that are going head to head are. Halloween. From 2007, that's right, the Rob Zombie Halloween <laughs> versus A Nightmare on Elm Street from 2010, the remake. <laughs> Why did they pick these? I mean, listen, we're going to have to talk to them about that next week. Oh, I was so mad. The Rob Zombie <laughs> Halloween. I mean, it's my fault for owning it. I've never seen it. Right. I've never seen it. Well, but you just watched it. I did just watch it. Oh, rough. Oh, boy. Well, I can't wait. But I can't wait wait. to talk about it with Brandon and Emily, who are great and really fun, and they are horror film freaks, I'm going to (laughs) say, 
in the best way. <laughs> um, so we so will talk yeah. to them about it next week. That'll be fun. That'll I'm be fun. Excited. We're gonna do we're gonna do more guests and stuff. I mean, we'll see how this first one goes. No, we'll Let's do more see. guests. We've already I've already reached out. <sighs> Come on to some guests. All right. <laughs> all right. Y'all, thank you so much for listening, especially if you got this far. We're DVD Deathmatch in all of the places. We got the Insta. We got the Twitter. We got the Gmail. We got the World Wide Web. And I hope that you drink enough water. Please. T- today. Drink some water. You haven't had any water, have you? No, you, you should. You should drink some water. <laughs> all right. You truly should. Truly should. All right. Come back next week and see who survives. DVD Deathmatch Crushed it. Is that not how that's not how we do it? No. Great. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs>